Dr. Mike here. So your bones and your heart, pretty important stuff, right? Well, did you know that there's one vitamin that can take care of both of them? Stay tuned to find out which vitamin it is. You're listening to Live Foreverish, a show dedicated to helping you live just a little longer. Here's your host, Dr. Mike and Dr. Crystal Gosser. All right, welcome to Live Foreverish. I'm your host, Dr. Mike, and I am here with the ever so awesome Dr. Crystal Gossard. Hello, Dr. Mike. How's it going? Pretty good? Going great. So bones and heart, two pretty, you agree those are pretty important? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, and so I think it's always kind of awesome. You know, we, we, we've talked about this vitamin before, and um, it's pretty cool because there is one vitamin based on um, a key thing that it does that it actually helps to support bone and heart health. What vitamin do you think that is, Dr. Crystal? Would it be vitamin K? Of course, you know, because you helped write the script. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us, let's start. Let's have a nice um, a nice little rundown, little, little, little lecture on vitamin K and specifically the different types, because I know people get confused with that. Yes, vitamin K is a fat soluble vitamin and most people um you know know of kind of the K1 which is found in green leafy vegetables uh, but there is K2 that is found primarily in high fat foods uh, oftentimes it's foods that most people are avoiding such as liver that <laughs> uh, no, we do if you I like liver hey, hey hey if you cook liver and onions right is good you know I I love liver yeah it just has to be done right right I mean there's I've had some that are back okay, anyways that's a tangent go on but yeah liver um you also in hard cheeses um so a lot of the fatty foods egg yolk butter so some yeah. people you know many people are avoiding those those foods so they may not be getting enough of k2 um but so that's let me let me ask you this though dr crystal let me ask you when so when you when when most people hear vitamin k they're probably thinking of the leafy green k1 right I mean, right that's yeah they may not know that there's another form found in different foods exactly um and then the k2 is further broken down into subtypes so you have mk4 mk7 MK6, MK9, MK4 and 7 are probably the forms of K2 that people recognize the most. Um, but yes, there are many of the MKs that fall under the, the K2 category. And you get many of those different types of, of MKs whenever you eat those uh, fatty foods. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, so, so you, if you, if you think of it like a diagram, you have vitamin K to the right, you have K1. That's what the formal name for that is the phyloquinones, right? And then, then you have K2 to the, to the other side, which are the menoquinones, which further breaks down into these different types. Like you, you mentioned the four, the seven, the nine, stuff like that. So it's just a nice little breakdown of, of, of the different types of vitamin K, but it's all part of the K family, right? It's all the fat soluble K family. Exactly. All part of the fat soluble K family. Now, other people kind of distinguish them between what 
we consider to be their primary action in the body. And I know you have, you know, you've talked about some different ideas on that, but people typically associate K1 as being a part of more of the clotting process and K2 uh, being more part of the, you know, the bone health process, but we're kind of seeing some overlap here in in research. Yeah. So, uh, you know, again, K1, uh, yeah, I think you said it right. I think most people think of K1 as the one that's going to be involved with healthy blood flow, you know, that the blood clotting part, all that kind of stuff. Um, And then K2, I think you're right. I think most people would say K2's job really is in managing calcium, right? Helping calcium move from your bloodstream into your bones, which is important. And by the way, that's how it helps both your heart and your bones, right? It moves that calcium that you eat from your bloodstream into your bones so it stays out of the arteries, keeping your arteries and heart healthy as as well. But yeah, the reason, and I think I shared this with you, more and more research is showing that the that the jobs are a little bit more, um, you know, they share some of these things, right? Um, in particular, I saw a study where K one intake decreased calcium scores in heart patients. So mm-hmm. it's not just so. So we know that K one and K two probably share both of these major uh, uh, mechanisms of action. We would say coagulation and managing calcium. Absolutely. So, so I want to talk more about the managing calcium. Let's go into that because that's really where you get your bone and, and heart benefit. So what do we know about K2? How is it helping to manage calcium and why is that important? Well, it's a, it assists with the function of some of the calcium regulating proteins in the vascular tissue. Uh, and they assist in the transport of calcium from the bloodstream to the bones. Um, it also kind of stimulates bone formation, uh, regulates proteins involved with promoting arterial flexibility. So that's another way how it's helping uh, to kind of manage uh, the the arterial health and and calcium regulation. Yeah, and that's yeah. I think that's a great description. Basically, you know, calcium um, vitamin K just helps to activate these these proteins that pull calcium in, right? And that's that's where you get your bone mineralization and you decrease the calcium that is in your arteries, which we don't want calcium in the arteries because it's going to stick and build up, right? Exactly. So it's, yeah. you get the one-two punch with vitamin yeah. K. And so what you mentioned the foods, you said, um, so K1 is the leafies. Yeah, like kale, spinach, collard greens. I had some of those yesterday. Oh, I love collard greens. Brussels sprouts, broccoli, asparagus. So any of those green, green vegetables. Unfortunately, now I do have to comment that uh, people who are taking Coumadin or Warfarin, I know doctors aren't prescribing it as much as they used to. That's a a common prescription uh, blood thinning medication you know, sometimes their doctors will tell them to stay away from those green leafy vegetables. Uh, uh, don't even get me started on this. I know. It's... Don't even get me started on this. <laughs> I mean, to tell somebody not to eat leafy greens. I mean, that's just, I, I you know, I don't, if you are on Coumadin, you've got to do what your doctor says, right? We're not, no one's your doctor here. 
But I will tell you, there is research that shows people on Coumadin, when they eat a normal amount of leafy greens daily, it actually helps to stabilize Coumadin in your blood. Right. And so if you are in that category and your doctor's telling you that, ask the doctor, you know, if they can refer you to a nutritionist or dietitian. Yeah. Because the dietitians now, and you even see, you know, the ADA and, and different uh, uh, organizations that's kind of training the nutritionists and, and dietitians to not tell people to stay away from the green leafy vegetables. It's well, really I mean, it's about crazy. Sure you're getting like a consistent amount or every it's, day. Let's just call it what it is. It's crazy. I mean, the, the leafy greens are probably some of the most nutritious foods humans can eat. People that are on Coumadin usually have a cardiovascular or a cerebral vascular issue, and they need the leafy greens. I know. It, it's just, it drives me nuts. Anyways, boy, that was another tangent. Okay, so K1 are the leafy. K2, you mentioned, are more of the cheeses and the, the fattier foods. I guess you could say in this country, you know, the standard American diet is probably higher in maybe K2 than it is K1 because most people are eating the fatty stuff, not the leafy greens, right? You know, that's a good point, Dr. Mike. Yeah. I, you know, I do come up with some good points once in a while. <laughs> so we went, so eat, eat a balanced. Um, I mean, it always comes back to balance. We've talked about this so much, right? Leafy greens, a little bit of fat is not bad, but supplementation probably is, is important. Um, and, and, and that's for a variety of reasons. Uh, it, it, you know, it, soil conditions that, you know, food chain, all this kind of stuff. So supplementation is, is key. So what do you, what do you suggest Dr. Crystal for, uh, supplementing with K how much K one, how much K two life extension, uh, has a suggested amount of 1500 micrograms of K one, uh, for K two, 1000 micrograms of K two in the form of MK four and about 100 to around 300 micrograms of K2 in the MK7 form. So what we typically suggest is kind of if you're shopping around, look for a combo product. One yeah, that'd be the case, right? K1 and K2 uh, is what's most important. Yeah, it probably best to take research. You know, if you can work with a doctor, a functional medicine doctor, that you know, there is some research with much higher doses of of the MK4, especially if you're dealing with um, with bone loss, you may Mm -hmm. want to consider adding in, you know, upwards of forty five milligrams. Whoa, milligrams. Uh, we're not we're not suggesting you do that. You have to talk to your own doctor. Yes, that's right. Work with your doctor. But but yeah. there are, you know, some some doctors that's kind of build looking at some of the research with the much higher yeah. levels and, of vitamin K. And probably best to take this with food, right? Fat soluble vitamins best with some some food in your belly. Yes, best with some food in your belly. And I have to, you know, we, we, I stayed at those high doses. I do have to also comment uh, as a doctor of clinical nutrition, there to date is no known toxic dose of vitamin K. Ooh, I, I didn't know that. You'll need to work with, you know, work with your doctor. We have to, you know, say that as a general disclaimer, but, you know, I'm, I wouldn't throw out numbers out there. 
you know, if, without any. Are you uh, giving? Are you giving your uh, personal disclaimer right now? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, there you got it. And I do want to say it is a myth. People often ask, "Is taking will if I take vitamin K, is it going to cause my blood to be too thick? Am I going to overclot? What do you yeah. think about that?" Well, the answer to that is no. The, the body knows how to balance all this. The body isn't just going to like see vitamin K and go clot, 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 clot. The body's smart. Right. So it, if you can remember, it's activating proteins required for, nor, for normal clotting. Right. It's not yeah. going to overactivate proteins. Once those proteins yeah. are activated, they're activated. They're activated. You can't activate them anymore. And the body knows how to manage this stuff. I mean, you think about it. The body's pretty awesome. The body knows when to clot, when to break clot. The body knows when to pump the heart and relax the heart. I mean, it's 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 really cool stuff. So just, uh, yeah, I, I think um, uh, give us those doses one more time, though, the, the standard doses that we use at Life Extension. Yes, what was that again? Dose K1, 1,500 micrograms. K2, we break that down into MK4, MK7. So for K2, MK4, you want 1,000 micrograms. MK7, 100 to 300 micrograms. Okay. And take it with some food. That's vitamin K. Helps with your bone, your bones, and your cardiovascular system. Dr. Crystal Gosser, thanks for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. There are a ton more. I don't know how many podcasts we have now, but a ton more podcasts at liveforeverish.com. Go check it out. When you're there, watch some of them, like them, share them, comment on them, and subscribe so you never miss a show. Uh, Dr. Crystal, again, thank you. I'm Dr. Mike. Take care.